Yo, 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 what up, people? It's your boy, Tribe Dave, and I'm back. Needle to the groove. You know me, you know what I do. You know how I feel. DJs over MGs every day of the week. Um, today, I got a special, special guest. Shout out to Raina, man. <laughs> Shout out to my own girl, Raina. She really pressed me about doing this interview. And I did my research, and I'm very happy to do this interview today. Um... When I read her bio, I'm reading, I'm like, international female DJ. I'm like, what does that mean? Then I went through her page, and I said, oh, <laughs> this ain't just the States, people. <laughs> this ain't just, uh, you know, I went to uh, Florida or something, you know, I've DJed in California or something, you know, New York. Like, no. When she says international female DJ, she really means it. I mean, there's videos in Costa Rica. What I see, I seen the uh, Nassau, Bahamas. I seen Australia. I mean, yo. So <laughs> you know, you gotta give you gotta give her props when they do, man. And um, I am very excited to talk to this young lady today about music. So please welcome. Whitney Taylor Ray to the show, Needle to the Groove. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for having me, Travis. It's, it's a blessing to be here. <laughs> oh, man, I am so excited to do this, as you can probably tell by my energy. Um, what's funny to me is, like, you are literally the first woman DJ that I've interviewed. That's dope. I mean, and to me, I, I love it, and, and I appreciate it because it's, you know... Now, I'm not going to say things, but, you know, I reached out to a few people and they curved me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I see I see what type of time we on. But so I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing this. Um, shout out to Raina. Shout out to Raina, man. Yeah, that's, shout out to Raina. That's my dog. She already know how we do. Um, but you're more than a DJ. Yeah. Right? Right? Because I like, again, you know, I was doing my research. I'm like... You're a dancer, you're you're a producer, you do it all. Man, God is God is so good and he's, Absolutely. he's he's blessed us with a lot of gifts and talents and ever since I was a kid I've just always wanted to tap into everything that he's given me. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter if I was, you know, an expert at it, I'm still gonna try it and just have fun with it and that's just that's how everything kinda came together. But um why DJ? Like why did that take off for you? You know, I was making mixed CDs like in, in, in high school and in middle school. Like when we would have our school dances and stuff, my parents, they let me have like a little after party at the house. And I would put together like mixed CDs. So I, I think I was a DJ before I got the title, you know, because I've always just was programming music, was selecting music, you know, for the for the vibe, for the hangout. And then by the time I got to college, I just ordered some equipment. It was just, it just felt normal just to play music for my friends and just to have a, you know, create a good time. Where, what was the, um, what was the music like in your household growing up? Oh my goodness. I remember, so I'm originally from a small town called Coshocton, Ohio. I'm from Newark, Ohio. Oh, oh my gosh, we're neighbors. Yeah, Newark, Zanesville, <laughs> Kishocton, it's all the same. It's That's all, hilarious. That's yeah. so cool. Yep. Okay, so you know. Yeah, yeah, town, I already know. So You know, small town, and uh, I remember my mom would just always be cleaning the house, and she'd have on Erica Badu, she'd have on Lauren Hill, she'd have on Kirk Franklin. Uh, my, I grew up with a single mother, so when she would work, I would go over to my grandma's house, and uh, my aunt, who's my mom's sister, she would have on Buster Rhymes, Missy Elliott, Luda Chris, um, the Backstreet Boys, just just all that that '90s feel good music. I was always watching MTV, you know. So definitely was gonna <laughs> ask you about MTV. Um, so you're like 21, like yeah, <laughs> yeah you're young. If your people listen to that, yeah, yeah, you're like I'm 20. a little bit more seasoned. You take it. Okay, I'll take that. okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, um what was what was the first C D that you bought with your own money? With my own money? With your own money. I don't I don't think I ever bought a CD with my own money. Really? Yeah. I don't think I have. You know what? And I can say that with confidence. I remember the first C D that I was gifted was Ricky Martin. Wow. Yeah. La Vida Loca? Yeah, I had a big crush on Ricky Martin and I just I loved his energy. 
Um, but my mom and my aunt, they had a huge CD collection. Like, you remember the CD books? CD books. They had, Absolutely. They had huge CD books and they had like over 400 CDs. So I'm borrowing theirs and they're just like, make sure you don't scratch it. Make sure you put it back. <laughs> and by the time, by the time, like I started making my own money, I would just buy blank CDs and I just started burning my own. So I've never... Oh. I, I can't say I've ever bought a CD. Did were you the kid in school selling CDs? I was selling Pokemon cards. Oh, so so I no, I wasn't selling CDs, but I was <laughs> I was selling Pokemon cards, and I was burning the CDs, and I was selecting the CDs from my aunt's collection and my mom's when we people come hang out on our porch. Did um did did your mom or your aunt did they did they have vinyl in the house? My mom and my grandma. Or do you remember vinyl. seeing them? Yeah, they. My mom still has vinyl, but uh, I mean, it was never spinning. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. It was just, like it was just you know. <laughs> it was there. Yeah, it was there. It was collection, you know, decoration, but. Yeah. No. <laughs> It'd be like, yeah, back in my day, like, yeah, you never play that. <laughs> you didn't, no, you didn't, you didn't touch it. You didn't touch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was in my house. Like, I don't remember, like, I know my parents had vinyl, and but I never remember them playing. Like, I never remember, like, a record player. Like, uh, sounds good. You yeah. You see it in movies, and nowadays it's more common for people to, you know, clean up their house and put on a vinyl record, like, nowadays, but back then, no. When you when you uh, mentioned MTV, like what was your shows on MTV? Like, th- like the grind. Do you remember like MTV the grind? Uh, that was I. I remember Room Raiders. Room Raiders. <laughs> oh, I definitely remember Room, Room Raiders. Raiders. Um, I don't remember what the what the show was called, but when they would play all the music videos. Yeah. So would, like they had it during different hours. They had it during different hours. Only reason I, I say the grind is because when I, when I listen to your mixes and we'll yeah. get into that, it gave me such a, a such a big feel of dancing. Yeah. And the grind was basically a dance show. I, I've seen know? it. I've seen it, but I didn't grow up watching it. But I have seen it and like I remember watching like I don't know if it was a show or just a segment, but do you remember when they would show like Spring Break? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Oh my goodness, I yeah, I didn't even know that that was DJs. I just remember seeing everyone having a good time. Spring Breaks, um, I forget what they were actually called, but and they always had performances. And, yes. I used to look at the crowd and be like, I want to do that one day. Mm-hmm. And they used to go to different colleges and always be in Florida. And I'm like, I'm in Ohio. It's cold. Yes. And it always like warm. It looks so fun. Yeah. They, um, yeah, MTV was a big influence, especially in the, in that era as far as like party rocking. Yeah. And yo, MTV raps. So I remember that. Yeah. Um, just, just, there was a lot on MTV. Yeah. So, um, you were in college when you got your uh, equipment? I was a freshman, 2012, at Ohio State Newark. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was in Newark. What, um, what was the first piece of equipment that you bought? I brought a Pioneer DJ controller. I, You know what? I don't, I don't know where my memory went, but uh, yeah, I bought a Pioneer. I bought a Pioneer controller. I don't remember what it was called, man. You know, I think... Did- like what was the um like who was the influence though was it like you seen somebody with some turntables and been like yo my influence that made me like yo let me buy this yeah save the last dance are you serious do you remember when they went out when they went out you know when when sarah got that fake id and they went out Man, when I heard Murder, She Wrote in the background and when they were on the dance floor. They was killing it. Man, I was like, yo, that DJ is up there killing it. Juice was great, too. That was a great influence. But it was Save the Last Dance for me. That clip. Yeah, Juice, you might have been a little bit too young for Juice. But Save the Last Dance. Man. Oh, my God. I was like, I want to do that. That, yeah. No, that that is amazing because I've never put, like... I put say the last dance as far as dancing, like yeah, no. you know what I'm saying. But you remember that scene in the yes. music was popping, yeah. honey. Come on, honey. I I remember when honey. Oh <laughs> Time out. No, this is real. No, honey I love, I love the all these pop music. When honey walked into the club, you remember she gave the DJ like that cue, and then he did something, and she oh. Man, those clips of just seeing everybody on the dance floor actually dancing in dance battles. That was that was it for me. So, uh, did you like all the movies like uh, 
with Armarion and all them, Chris yeah. Brown. That, that was so that's I, like your era. Man, like we was having dance battles at the crib. <laughs> man, it was four of us. It was four of us, and we tag teamed. We like. You know, somebody's gonna go against each other, and then you tagging your partner. Oh my! We was doing God. that. That's what I was doing when I was coming up, playing outside I and dancing. Love it. That is funny. So, um, what what is your favorite genre of music to spin? Easily house. Easily house. Easily house. It's like a soulful, deep Afro house. I mean, those are all different subgenres, but I mean, I like soulful house music. I like Afro house music. Um, so yeah, let let's let's nerd out. You can get into your nerd bag. You don't gotta be cool. <laughs> you you know you look beautiful. Your jacket is crazy. <laughs> you, let's when you say like Afro house yeah. or like because to me, I know house music as Jersey house, Baltimore house, um, Detroit kinda, but that's Jukin and and, and Chicago. So. When you say subgenres, like how can you tell the difference with a subgenre of house? Like, if you walked into somebody's playing Afro house, you, do you know instantly? Like, um, you can just the groove, the instruments that are used in the music. Uh, you kind of hear like more like African instruments, like African drums mm. in there, and just like the drum pattern, the drum pattern. But I can tell you, like black coffee. Like, is when I first got turned on the Afro house, like the Afro soulful house. He's really evolved over the years, but yeah. Superman. He's out He's out of here now. Oh, like, yeah. He, he's been out of here, but yeah. his, his style and his sound has evolved. But when I first got turned on the Black Coffee, it was Superman. And that was more of like a deep soulful house with like a touch of Afro. It's like, it's like this deep penetrating sound that just really grabs the heart. <laughs> so, out of the sub genres, what is your favorite to play? Um, man, there's there's so many. Like, there's so many. Let's say your last gig. Yeah. What What was the predominant music you played? My last gig that I played house music. Yeah. I would say it was. Mm, it was more Latin house. More Latin house. Because Latin, Latin's always been great, and Latin has its subgenres too. Absolutely. But I mean, Latin pop is taking off right now. Pitbull, he's always been super hot. Yeah. You know, with his music, but Bad Bunny and just there's a lot of cool remixes. <laughs> J Balvin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would I would say Latin house. Uh, I DJ at Vaso in Dublin. It's a rooftop lounge. So been there before. It's a beautiful place. That yeah. rooftop is beautiful. Man, so it was it was opening rooftop season, and I played a lot of Latin house. I also got into some deep house. It just I, I went through a lot of subgenres that night because I have to play to the to the. To the to the mood, you know, you gotta work your way up to sunset, and then you know, for sunset, you want to make it kind of melodic. You don't want to go too hard for sunset, you know, because people are taking it in, taking pictures. They're just kind of gazing, you know. So, yeah, I went through a lot of subgenres, but I do remember playing a lot of Latin house. How? It, please explain to me, like, how does a beautiful black girl from Coshocton, Ohio, learn to play Latin house? Like, you, I mean, do you do you understand like how foreign that sounds? Yeah. Like, you know, because and, and the reason I say that it sounds foreign is like we're from small towns. Yeah, it's like people, so people don't understand. Like, people from small town have a way different vibe. Like, we see the world completely different. Yeah, but to actually achieve a goal like that is is very difficult. You know, so like, how do how do you even get to how do you even get to, in the door to get to the house music first. Let me just start off by saying this. God knew my heart from the beginning since I was a kid. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> he did. And um, I, when I first became a DJ, I dropped out of Ohio State North. Once I got that refund check and got my, uh, <laughs> once I got my refund check and got my equipment, you're, you're I, I realized like, okay, I don't even know what I'm doing here. You I know, will be here. <laughs> you know, I, I really enjoyed socializing with the students and taking advantage of the programs. But, yeah, so I dropped out, and I discovered Scratch DJ Academy. Mm, uh, DJ York. Scratch. Yeah, Scratch. Yeah. Scratch. Gem Master J School. So, 
Yeah, it's Jam Master. Yeah, it's Jam Master J School. So I went out there and I had a chance to learn from some really dope legendary DJs. Shout out to DJ Nom Nom. Shout him out. Shout him yeah, out. Yeah, amazing instructor. He don't teach anymore, but he was so awesome and he had some deep crates. He had some deep crates. He was putting us onto a lot of great music, but. Just venturing out, like I would say New York really gave me like a taste of global culture as far as music goes. And then from there, you know, just breaking into cruise ships and the resorts abroad. So, but New York really opened up my horizons and just my, my musical palette. I would say, because I was all, I was brought up to love East Coast music. I yeah. was brought up definitely New York, you know, I got... Two older brothers, you know, older sister, whatever, and they were um, very influenced by like the old school DJs, like DJ Red Alert and all that. So mm-hmm. I always wanted to like in my mind, like I want to be in New York because yeah. uh, it's hip hip hop, hip hop, real mm-hmm. hip hop. And when I finally did get to New York, um, how was it? I really seen like, oh, hip hop is just a part of mm-hmm. it, like it's a melting pot out there. Yeah, like. It's not, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking the whole New York City is just... Straight biggie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> rapping, everybody on the corner rapping. And then, you know, you go into bodegas and you hear different music. Mm-hmm. And you walk down the block like, damn, I just heard hip-hop here. But now I'm hearing reggae right here. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hearing sauce over here. Like, you, oh I didn't realize, you know, the first time I went, I didn't realize, like, it was really like that. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yes, it's like, so amazing. So I can just imagine the knowledge that you just. I, you know what? I just immersed myself in the culture from from walking to the subway from the Brooklyn apartment I was staying. I headphones out. I want to listen to the city. Yeah. You know, I, I'm listening to the movement. And uh, can I tell you? I don't know if you want to ask me. Can I tell you how I got to Talk about it. This is this is you. This is for you. So I'm in the Lower East Village. I just got out of class at Scratch DJ Academy. This is in 2013. So I'm walking. I'm on my way to get that dollar slice of pizza. Mm. You know, money was low. Classic. So, man, I, I hear something. I hear something coming up the road. And it's it's music, but I can't quite tell. I hear the bass. I feel the bass. I see a lot of people coming. As it gets closer, it's Louis Vega. Oh, he's... It's Louis Vega on a freaking float. He's on a float and he's singing Children of the World and all there's thousands of people just following him on this float. It just it, it, You can see some unusual stuff and this isn't unusual, this is great. But to you, you're like, what? what is this? What is this? So, yeah, I, I join in. I join in. Absolutely. <laughs> I join in. Absolutely. And, like, and they end up going to a park, you know, and the float just keeps going. And that was the first time I heard music. And then from there, I, I, I've i worked a lot of jobs in my life just to keep the dream afloat, just to, you know, to, to, to make the it hustle. Day. Yeah. So I remember I'm, I'm staying in Brooklyn at the time and I, I, I get off my job. I was working at um, IHOP in Brooklyn, downtown what, Brooklyn. What, what part of Brooklyn did you stay in? Downtown Brooklyn. Downtown? Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. I, I stayed in a few different parts, but at this point I'm in downtown okay. Brooklyn. Um, Down by juniors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> juniors. Yeah, I was I was staying in a uh, during the summer. They uh, the Long Island University of Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Bridge. Yep, yep. They ran out that Brooklyn. school yeah. to, and turned it into hostels. So I was staying there for a few months. So it was right across the street from juniors. I worked at that IHOP. I got off of work, and this girl that I worked with, she was like, "Hey, I'm going over to Fort Green Park. You want to come?" I'm like, sure. Yeah. You know, I ain't got nothing else to do. I don't know no better. (laughs) (laughs) So we go to this park and there's thousands of people out there dancing. Come to find out it's the Soul Summit. It's a huge (laughs) dance party and they're dancing the house. I'm like, what the heck is this? What is going on? It's just, I'm just like, just so mind blowing in this music that I'm hearing. And I'm like, this is the same stuff that I heard when I discovered Louis Vega on that float. Like, what is this? Man. Later that, so I danced my life away, and later that night I I, I'm, I I go home, and this is actually like maybe like a month later I ended up relocating uh, somewhere else in Brooklyn. Herkimer is the street. I meet this guy named Ty. Big shout out to Fly Ty in Brooklyn, and Ty's like, "Yo, you want to come over for a DJ session?" He puts me on the black coffee. I'm like, dude, everybody's just turning me on the house. Like, like Yeah, at that point, it's meant to be, right? I'm, I'm just like, what? He, he plays Superman for me. And at this point, I'm like, 
thank you, Heavenly Father. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you pointed me in the right direction, my like, guy. <laughs> my, my soul has has missed this type of music before I even knew what it was. I've always loved to dance, and just I think back to growing up in Coshocton and listening to the sounds on MTV. It was I've always had this this sound in my in my head and in my heart, and it was it was from the UK. It was yeah. from the UK, and it was like an electronic music. You know, uh, yeah, man. so for it to come full circle, for me to understand what that sound was that I was hearing from when I was younger, I realized it was house music. So that's how, you know, that's how I got turned on the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the best story ever. <laughs> yeah, like, because those are like, it, it sounds like those are like three defining moments. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if I'm, if, because in my mind, like, if I'm walking down Broad Street, and I, and I, look, I see somebody on a float coming through, that's going to stick in my mind. Like, whether it. I tell somebody or not, it's going to be like, yo, what that day that's... I'll never forget it. And it's Louis Vega, like... <laughs> Man, like, what? Yeah. So, how... All right, 2013. We're, we're in 2013. Yeah. Um, how did you develop your style? You like, know, we had a... Um... Was there more to that question? No, no. Like, I mean, yeah, like, how did you... Because, you know, well, I was going to say, you know, you can emulate a lot of people. Yeah. But, obviously, when I listen to you, I'm like, oh, your shit is super clean. Yeah. You got your own style. Like, I I, I didn't feel like you were biting anybody's style. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was just wondering, like, hmm, how did you actually develop your style? Man, I've just... I would say just by my surroundings, if I had to say how I developed my style, it'd definitely be my family, my friends, and my experiences. You know, being out there in New York, just being exposed to different cultures and different styles of music, that influenced me. Uh, when I was staying at that hostel, I had roommates, and a lot of my roommates were abroad. Uh, shout out to Perlette. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Perlette. Yeah, Perlette. I believe she's in France right now. Um, Nas from Turkey, she was my roommate. Um, Janice, she's from she's from Paris. So just just being exposed, you know, and uh, my my parents, you know, my mom more specifically, mm -hmm. just my influence with Lauryn Hill, Erica Badu, and my grandpa. Today's my grandpa's birthday. Happy Rest birthday, in peace. Cash Good McCall, on. buddy. Um, you know, my grandpa put me on he to the He's from Kishakton? He's from, he's from uh, Newcomer's Town. Oh, okay. Right outside okay. of right, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, just, just, you know, I'm so thankful for my family and my friends. They just put me on so much good music. And just over the years, just from the places that I've been, I've just been thankful to put it all together. You know, and thanks to Scratch DJ Academy, I learned how to mix and blend. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> going to talk good. about that. No, we're definitely going to talk about that. How, how long were you in um, New York? I made it. I made it. You know, I had to come home on something serious. I couldn't take the roaches, but uh, I was I, understandable. <laughs> New York is different. It's I think I was animal. out there for about seven months. I, I pushed as long as I could, but uh, yeah, no, couldn't do the roaches. Yeah, and you know, I got um, I got a couple OGs that's from New York, and uh, you know, I had a real very close friend. Um, he was from Brooklyn. Uh, we called him King Seven. <laughs> he was he was from Brooklyn and uh, he rep hard. But um, we will always say like New York was so fast, mm -hmm. especially back then. Now the the internet's make a lot of things smaller. But right. back then, like early 2012, 2013, the New York was so fast. So seven months probably felt like two years. As far as like learning, learning stuff, like learning new stuff on the fly all the time. It probably felt like you learn all that stuff really, really fast. Um, blending music. Yeah. How important is that to you? I pride myself on clean blends and clean transitions. Talk I mean, about it. I'm not a turntablist. I don't. I don't do a lot of scratching. I can. I can dress it up occasionally, yeah. you know. But it's. It's not my style. I like clean transitions and clean blends. Like that's everything to me. I don't want no, no muddy mix. Man, because, you know, shameless plug. As I practice DJing, you know, um, my one of my OGs, DJ O Sharp. He he told me like, uh, it's like. Don't worry about scratching. 
Right, get some blends, right? Mm. He's like, nobody cares about, nobody cares. Scratching yeah. is for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was like, don't get me wrong. It's a skill set that you need to learn. Mm -hmm. But when you're rocking a crowd, like blending matters. It does. You know, and um, every, every everybody that I interview always says that, like, you can get your blends off, you're going to have a good night. But your blend sound like Tim's in the dryer, bro. It's over with. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, I say learn how to blend. That's, that's the most, for anybody that's interested in learning how to DJ, I think blending is just super important. Just a clean transition. You don't got to do long blends, but just learn how to do a clean transition. That's, so, that's important. Do you, um, with, with your blends, does the BPM, like, do they have to be matched? Do they have to be, like, 104, 104? Or can it be, like, 104, 107? The, the other record could be 107. I would, I would say it needs to be within at least five. I would say at least within five. I would say at least, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely going to move that pitch fader up. I'm going to move the pitch fader up to match it. But yeah. if, if the record's originally... 120 and then I want to bring something in that's like 126. Yeah, we can we can move the pitch fader up meet it halfway Yeah, 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 we might bring both of them to like a 123 Okay, yeah. how 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 important is? Um, the key for you key it sounds good I mean if you can get if you can get both, you know both tracks in the same key It's gonna sound great and sometimes it doesn't always sound great. Like yeah. you, you still have to look at the track as a whole. But I think key key is important. Cause um, I'm I'm learning key, um, you know. Again, and I do more hip hop, but I, I definitely got a house set. <laughs> well, I got house music. I ain't gonna say I got a set, but um, I'm learning key. But um, like, do you? What feels good to you, dude? Like. Um, the snare, the kick, the drum, or the kick. The kick that's I'm that's like, where you. I'm beat driven, so I just I I played the drums when I was younger, but I just picked it back up. The... So the kick, the kick, that's the kick. The... Yeah. Okay, because um, you know when when you got the headphones on, like I admire people that can blend without headphones, because I'm yeah. like salute to you. But you gotta know your music to do that. You gotta know gotta know the music. Um. But you know, some like some records, like the the, the bass sticks out to me more. Yeah. But then some records I'm hearing, it, and then you know, so I'm trying to trying to learn how to differentiate the you know, like all right, that record's kick is crazy. Let me find another record that's in the same vein but got a crazy kick too. And you know, you gotta think of that shit like on the fly, on the fly. <laughs> and that that's hard. Um, how do you how do you read the crowd? Um, I pay attention to body language. I pay attention to body language. And I just, I also read the room by like, if I arrive in, everybody's talking background music. I mean, I don't think you gotta, you gotta look at them, see, look at their food, look at their plates, you know, depending on where you're at. I do a lot of restaurants and lounges right mm -hmm. now in the city. So I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to where they're at within their night. So if. They got. If I see a couple drinks on the table, they might be ready for a good time. But if I see they just got an appetizer out and they got dinner on the way and they're sipping wine, they want to have a conversation. So I'm not gonna go straight, you know, hardcore. But if I start to see some feet tapping and some head bobbing and you know people starting to get loud, you know. Yeah, people definitely will. <laughs> the more more we drink, the louder we get for mm -hmm. sure. And then there's always there's always the life of the party in a group. There's always the life of the party Me. in the group, you know. <laughs> you know, they're they they usually they might be the loudest. They might have a lot of movement. They might make eye contact, but body it's body language for me. I'm I'm reading the body language. I'm making eye contact, and I'm just looking around. I'm looking around. So I had this conversation recently, and and I'm glad you're here, so I can ask you. When you're rocking, right, just a regular party, you're rocking. Yeah. And you read in a room and you notice, like, three or four people back in the back, they just chilling. Mm -hmm. Those people, that couple over there, they're not moving. Those people in the back. Do you even think about them or do you just focus on the 20 people, 100 people, whatever, in front of you just rocking? I would say 
I try to focus majorly on the main focus, keep the main thing the main thing, and then the people in the back, maybe they want to be back there, you yeah. know, maybe they're not dancers, you know, but I would say always focus on the majority, and that's what I do, but occasionally I do keep those people in the back in mind. I recently DJed a prom, a high school prom on Saturday, and, you know, at, at a point in time, there were some people that were just kind of straddled off in the back, and it's because that, that wasn't their style of music. Yeah. So, you know, especially when a client hires you, you, you want to try and take care of everyone, but you want to focus majorly on the majority. But when I when I did find the time, like when the dance floor did kind of cool down, I took care of those people in the back, and then they had their moment. So I was able to find uh, out okay, what, okay. What, the, what the what the reason was, and it was like they wanted they wanted their kind of music. That makes. That makes sense. But, you know, if you're in a club, you want to take care of the, the majority of the focus. So what let's 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 get to the cruises. Yeah, let's get to the cruises, because <laughs> I know that's the, the you know, how did that happen? Like, you don't have to give away your secrets, but like, you know, what was it like? Oh, we're going to book you to do a cruise. What was your like? Oh, shit. I'm about to really. <laughs> You know, I, I got on the cruise ship through a referral. Someone had heard um, one of my first mixes on SoundCloud. It's not up there anymore, but <laughs> someone had heard one of my mixes, and they said, you should try cruise ships. So they recommended me to a buddy that worked on a cruise line, and he passed on my information, and I applied, and, you know, he had him pull my stuff. Yeah. So the recommendation definitely helped get that first contract. I started off with Royal Caribbean, and... Um, when I after I finished doing my interview, they're like, "Okay, well, we got a new ship that we're launching. It's Anthem of the Seas, and we're going to be sending you to Germany." <laughs> you know, so so one day you're just chilling in the states, and next day I'm rushing to Detroit to get my passport expedited. You oh, know, well, and, you uh, got... a couple of days later I'm in Amsterdam at the airport on my way to Germany. Damn, and it was it was incredible. It was an amazing first experience, and how was your nerves DJing? Like, oh, I was super nervous. I was super nervous, you know. But I knew my library, I knew my music, so I knew I had what they wanted. And there were uh, there was another DJ on board, and uh, he strictly played house music. He strictly played house music, but I was an open format DJ, so I played. I, I catered to the crowd. Not everybody yeah. wants to hear that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I knew my library, and I just I read the crowd. And being on cruise ships, you gotta you have to engage. You're not just a DJ; you're like a brand ambassador for the ship. So you have to engage with 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 the guests on board. So from there, you kind of get a feel for their personality, and you see them around the ship and other activities that they're doing. So you kind of kind of feel that vibe. One thing I I did notice about you in um, all your videos is that you're very engaging. Yeah. Is that purposely or is that just your personality? I think it's my personality, but um, I, I'm intentional with it. I think it's important, and I learned that on the cruise ship as well. Like, you have to be engaging. That's how you create that memorable experience, and people remember you when you engage with them. Like, you don't want to just be that DJ that doesn't talk to anybody. Like, how are people going to remember you? Sure, they'll remember the music, but if even if they just come up and say, hey, great music at least get their name thank them ask them where they're from you yeah know, what, what brings them out tonight like just be a person i've been on one cruise in my life um and i do remember like the ballroom and the dj and all i remember was like his projection of his voice like mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> you, and, you know but it stuck out to me because yeah. he was the only one talking like nobody else was and he really controlled the room mm -hmm. Hope everybody's having a good time. Put your cups in it. And, and you know what I'm saying? The way he was projecting, it felt like um, it felt like a radio voice almost, yeah. but very strong. And um, like you said, it, it's a memorable moment that sticks with me. Like, damn, like he controlling the crowd. You know what I'm saying? I wonder who it was. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, he wasn't playing hip hop. Yeah. So, you know, if he started playing like some big or J, I would have been like... Hey, what's up? Man? What's your name, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. again, he's playing for the crowd. Mm -hmm. Um and again, like I can enjoy it because I'm like, oh, I'm in a moment, like, bro, like, you know, I ain't I ain't break dancing. <laughs> like, right. you know what I'm saying? That's uh, funny. Yeah, I'm in I'm in the moment. So um tell me a crazy story about being overseas DJ. 
Or being on a cruise ship somewhere. Uh, I, crazy I, story. Um, yeah, like, was there any time, like, your, like your, your laptop did power up? Yeah, or... what a story. I'm, you hit that right on the head. <laughs> My, uh, so, I'm in Australia, and it's Australia Day. It's Australia Day, and my laptop decides to crash. Oh my Jesus. It's Australia Day in Australia. The ship, the ship is decked out for Australia Day. Like, this is a special occasion. My laptop, come on, my laptop died on stage. Talk about embarrassing. Oh my My God. laptop died on stage, and they had to put on background music. And. I had like I was slightly prepared for this moment because I knew I was having issues with my laptop. So the cruise director he loaned me his. Oh so, shit! So yeah, he loaned me his. So I had his laptop in my room, but I thought mine was good to go. I took it to the tech earlier that day, and he was like, "Did the yeah. whole nine just to?" He was like, "Yeah, you just needed to change your battery, and that's no." He didn't even say you need to change your battery. He's like, "Oh yeah," he just. Long story short, it wasn't right. So I'm up there. I mean, you got a couple thousand people out there, man. I, you know, I went back to my room and I didn't want to come back out. You know, when I went back to the room to get the other laptop, yeah, like, I still had like an hour left of my set. Like, oh fuck! It's no, you know, here. I I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to come back from my cabin. I didn't want to return back out there. It was like the walk of shame, but <laughs> I I got the you laptop. Got me a professional, right? Got me a professional. I got the laptop and I came back and no one was even paying attention. <laughs> They didn't even notice, huh? I don't think they noticed. No one was even paying attention. So I came back, plugged up, hopped back on the mic, and just kept it going. <laughs> just be cool. Just be cool. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't. I was so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I was so embarrassed. Um, yeah, that was crazy. I remember uh, uh, an Asian woman that I met on board. I taught her how to twerk. You know, you know, older Asian woman. She's definitely gonna remember that for the rest of her life. Yeah, and, so, and, and that's and that's the thing about cruise ships, making those moments special for people, just going above and beyond. Um, yeah, I I would say that's kind of like a really really memorable moment, besides like my first contract. Um, a memorable moment for me. Talk uh, about on it on the cruise ship was. Um, the day I got off the cruise ship, we had we we uh, had an overnight stay in Barcelona. Mm. I had a chance to go out to Pasha. Oh my gosh, Pasha in Barcelona, amazing! You're hearing hip hop, you're hearing reggaeton, you're hearing house. What hearing what type of setup is it? Is, is like is it like an underground club or is it like? I wouldn't say it's an underground. So they got Pasha all around the world. You got a Pasha in New York. You might have one in Miami. But this one in Barcelona, Barcelona is known for their nightlife. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it wasn't underground. It was just a proper nightclub. It was a proper dance floor. Like no one was standing around talking. Everybody was dancing. <laughs> and, and it just took me back. Sounds like to, heaven. <laughs> yeah, it took me back to like those uh, Frankie Knuckles and Larry LeVan days of like uh, Paradise Garage in New York and just... How real nightlife was. Yeah. I, that was like a proper nightlife experience for me at uh, Pasha in Barcelona. Like, that blew my mind, and I would love to go back there and DJ one day. Absolutely. Let's talk it into existence. Mm -hmm. I always, like, when you brought up, you know, Larry and Frankie, like, you know, I've watched tons of Studio 54 yeah. footage and heard tons of stories about the limelight and all that. And I... I wish partying was like that still. Yeah. And, I, and I understand we in the too cool air where everything is captured on your phone. And I, and I get it. Like, obviously, you know, I, I, I fall victim of it too, you know. Yeah. But um, when I see those type of parties, that's why, in circling back to house, that's why I love house music. Because mm -hmm. people, like, you can't. I can't. You, you're dancing. You're so focused on the music, the experience. You're, you're so, so gone mm -hmm. and, and and like and present at the same time. Where it's not, it's not where you can be like, oh, oh, you gonna play my song next? You gonna play that money back yo next? And <laughs> and then you know you with your friends like this just for thirty yeah. seconds. Like nah, man. Like those people party, and you know I get it. I, I I wish partying was like that. I don't think we'll ever go back to that. It is like that in some places. You're right. I don't know if Columbus ever get like get like that. Oops. 
Ugh. Yeah. I, I, I would hope that we could uh, get a party like that. I don't. I don't go out all the time in Columbus, but I, I haven't been to a venue or an event where it's just like that. Where yeah. Just dancing, just really yeah. into the tune. I'm gonna invite you to the redo. Um, yeah, I've been to the redo before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last That's redo I went to, and that felt like. You know, yeah, that didn't feel too cool. Like they really, really party last weekend. They really be in the crates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's vinyl and that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's a whole and that that's you know that when I was uh, talking about my DJ crew, you know, yeah. I'm part of that crew that put all that together. Oh, that's dope. Um, where is your favorite place in the world to DJ? Doha, Qatar. You gonna have to elaborate for me. <laughs> I don't even know what you said. <laughs> so Doha, Qatar is in the Middle East. It's next to Dubai and Saudi Arabia. Okay. They're, host, they're hosting the FIFA World Cup this year. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'll, I'll pay attention to that. Yeah. So talk about it. Why? What? What was the experience like? Why? You know, why does it resonate so much with you? So I had got a DJ residency there in 2017. I kept it up until 2019, 18. And I remember um, I teamed up with some people that I met out there. Shout out to DJ Kool-Aid and Nicola. Um, you remember when the Black Panther movie came out? Absolutely. We did the official, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. We did the official after party at Grand Hyatt. I was the resident DJ at Grand Hyatt in Doha. Yo. So we did the been outside, bro. Listen, <laughs> we did the official after party. We had over five hundred people come out. People danced all night long. People danced all night long. There were so many different cultures. And what I love about Doha, they dance every every venue, every nightclub that you go to. People are dancing. They're dancing, and they're they're like a lot of places there. And they're not like playing like our new stuff as far as like hip hop goes. Yeah. They're not playing our new stuff. They're in the 2000s bag. And it just goes. It just goes. So, 50 Cent. Um, who else? They, they love it all. Yes. Like, just that early, yes. early 2000 vibe. Lots of remixes. So, that's like your open format type club. You're getting like your, your 2000s vibe with like Afro beats and then dance hall, reggaeton, house. But, I mean, it's just a melting pot. It's like New York out there, but a lot more conservative. Okay. It's a lot. It's a Muslim country. Okay, okay. Arabic so it's probably a Muslim. lot cleaner than New York. Jesus. I mean, man, if you litter, you might go to jail. Facts. You might go to jail if you litter. So I love it out there. I just love the diversity within the cultures. Dubai is super great too, but Qatar is my favorite place to DJ. I love it. Yes. I love it. Um, I, Questlove is one of my favorite um, people that I admire, you know, everything that he does. Um, So he always talks about, as a DJ, he likes to take people on journeys. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Like, earlier you said, you know, if it's sunset, you know, but do do you have it in your mind? Like, yeah, I'm about to take these people from here to here, and they ain't even going, no, they just going to be, by the end of the night, they're going to be turned up. I think I definitely agree. It's always about a journey, you know, whether you're depending how long you're playing the music. Uh, Well, regardless of how long you play the music, even if you're doing just an hour set or a four hour set, you know, it's like a story. You've got the beginning and then you got the end. You've got your peak and then you got your breakdown, you know. So it's 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 always a journey. It's always a journey. You know, what is the longest set you ever played? Oh man, I remember it was on the cruise ship, uh, on on the Anthem of the Seas in England, and it was like I think it might have been like six or seven hours because the clock went back, and then the other DJ he didn't want to do his set. Oh. He felt he felt super privileged and felt felt like he didn't have to do his his three hours, so I ended up having to do his. I learned real quick. <laughs> Yeah, it was like seven hours. That is so much music. How do you stay engaged? Like, even yeah. even doing like a regular three-hour gig, because, again, you know, this is why I love talking to DJs, because trying to learn it and trying to understand it and practicing, even at that hour for me, I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what else to play. Like, I played everything I, I like. <laughs> I don't know what else to play. You know, it's, it's about having a deep library. You know, and, and when you get contracts like this, even if you're a DJ or you're a musician, 
you know, sometimes they ask they ask about your library of music. You know, absolutely. This they yeah, because you're you're working with so many different demographics. So yeah. I mean, you're not just gonna play dance music from two thousands or nineties or current. Like you you want to get in your fifties and sixties bag. Oh, you know. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I my friends always laugh at me because I'm like because I went through a phase where like sixty Motown, Motown, yeah, sixty Motown was like everything to me. Like mm-hmm. actually, my vinyl collection started because I fell in love with sixty Motown. So I tried to, you know, all those records are cheap. They like a dollar. I'm like, ah. get them, get them. That's pure gold. Yeah, yeah, so that does make sense. Where like. Yo, I could play music from this era. You gotta diversify in this era. That's that's a the journey. That that you know the journey, the experience. You know, it's it's a story, and you know when you have a lot of different uh, ages on the dance floor, you want to take care of everybody. You want to make it an all inclusive experience. Do you have a favorite song? Um, I got a few. Talk about them. Um. Definitely, like, oh my gosh, OMG by Usher, Usher. and Will I Am. The production, it's sonically, sonically, uh, it's just mind blowing. Uh, I mean, the, I love that record. Man, I love that record. I oh always love that record. That and Closer by Usher is, uh, yeah. I mean, by Neo, um, Closer is that my, Closer is a vibe. Yeah, it, it, it definitely puts you I in a zone. That. Oh my god, yeah, it, it's a that zone. shit is out of here. Man, so Oh My Gosh by Usher and Will I Am. Uh, Music Sounds Better with You by Stardust. Um, I Love Music by the OJs. Shout out to my grandpa. He put me on the deck. He said, Honey, <laughs> you want to open your night up with this? <laughs> and I remember I did, and it set the tone. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got that vinyl in there. Oh, my goodness. Um, what else is I, I Feel Good by James Brown. Love that. Uh, you gotta be by I don't know how to pronounce her Desiree. You Desiree. gotta be cool. You gotta be Desiree. Wise. Yeah, yeah. You gotta say that. Gotta be wiser. Yeah, yeah that. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> four page letter by Aaliyah. Classic. Um, Children of the World by Louis Vega. World Hold On by Bob Sinclair. Talk about it. Superman by Black Coffee. Uh, you be in your bag. <laughs> I think. Um, I think this is Kirk Franklin. Have Have you been delivered or something? It's something delivered by Kirk Franklin. Um, I think that I'll I'll stop right there. <laughs> now I'm just thinking like yeah yeah, yeah like damn and this and this. I feel you. Now I always ask. Um, my DJ friends, this and um, can you go to a club? Can you go to a lounge? Can you go to on another cruise where you're not working? And can you enjoy the DJ? Yeah, I love music. I love music. I can enjoy any genre except. But are death you metal. judging? Are you if if you hear? You particularly hear a blend that is trash. Does it, does it like, is like spider sense? Like you look up like, hmm, that was trash. But I, you ain't going to go, I mean, obviously you're not going to disrespect them, but it's just yeah. like, in your mind, you be like, hmm. Now, sir. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you might look at your people's like. Um, I, I'm always, it's just natural. You know, as a DJ, you're, you're paying attention. You can't help it, uh, but I'm. It's, it's not gonna stop me from having a good time. Even if the DJ is trash, I'm still gonna have a good time, and I still might go up there and make a request. You know. <laughs> my, my, most of my friends be like, "That's why they don't really go out." Yeah. Because they they, it's You're hard for yeah, it's hard for them to you know unless it's their circle, it's just hard for them to. I you always know. I always want to go out and hear DJs. Do you? Yeah, I love music. <laughs> I get it, but the, even like, I I look at a DJ crazy. <laughs> like I always felt like, especially in my my going out days, I always felt uh, music first. The women were second mm-hmm. to me for me. Like, yeah, who's DJing? Yeah. All right, 
all right, cool. Like, yeah. I know what I'm going to get. You know what I'm saying? And if I got what I was going to like, all right, this is what I wanted. Like, I, but sometimes I'll be like, hmm, all right. <laughs> and and also, it's, you know, it's it's always great when you come across a really awesome DJ. Oh, yeah. You know, especially, I'm, I'm a Shazammer. I'm going to have that phone <laughs> out. I'm going to have that phone out. Yes. And I don't even got to be discreet with it. You know? <laughs> I mean, he's that record. And, you know, and I might go up and say, yo, this is dope or great set. You know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a community. You know, so I always try to support a, a good DJ or For even sure. a bad DJ. Like, you know. Yeah. I, cause I'm definitely gonna hit you up, like, cause Raina told me how much the sessions cost, so you know that's between <laughs> us, you know. But you know, I'm definitely gonna learn. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, how do you feel? I know you're only 21. That is so funny. <laughs> how do you feel about uh, spinning on like a controller versus uh, you know 1200 techniques, 1200s? Um, vinyl versus serato or whatever program you use do you feel like um that makes anybody less of a dj or you know because they use they decide to use a controller man versus 1200s no i mean you could dj off of whatever nowadays i mean some people dj off of ableton live yeah, you know it, yeah. it depends what kind of dj you are you know, I, I think you have to find the equipment that works best for you and, and what's going to help your show. So, no, I think you can be any kind of DJ you want to be, and it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you use. And, uh, you know, I, I do like, uh, like, traditional techniques, you know. I, I wish I had a pair right now. I don't have a pair, or I would I'd probably rock those more often. But I like the feel. They're expensive. They are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they're expensive. They ain't going to and they're heavy as shit. So, but the feel, the feel, nothing, nothing beats like you know being on like some traditional turntables. Like that feel, That's, it just feels a lot better. CDJs are great too. I like, I like spinning on CDJs. Controllers are super convenient because of how light they are. Well, some of them are light because yeah. you got some heavy controllers out there. Yeah, mine the is light. Yeah, I've definitely seen um, DJ Scholar. He had a huge controller, and I'm like, and he he was dragging that joint. I'm yeah. like, that's a controller, like yeah, bro. I'm like, especially once the case is added on there yeah. too. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, use whatever works for you. You know, as long as long as you keep the music playing, <laughs> you know, ain't no issues. Do you um, what I did notice in your videos, and I I don't know if it's just like you just like the color or whatever, but um, your headphones do they have to be a particular set of headphones? Because you had those blue ones, and they look dope. Shout out to DJ Kool-Aid. That was a birthday gift. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they broke. Uh, oh, but man. They, they look dope. They ran its course. They ran its course. Um, I like Pioneer. I'm, I'm actually uh, curious to start trying out uh, a type of headphones that drummers use. I want to okay. just try something different to see actually what works and... DJs invest in ear protection. I'm super late to the game, so I'm just now about to finally get like some ear protection to protect my hearing. So once I kind of figure out what that's like in my ear, I'll kind of have an idea of what kind of headphones I want to okay. wear. But I, I, right now I have a pair of Pioneer headphones, but um, I'm always open to trying out other ones. Whatever's got the best quality and look is imp important too. Right now I have a short haircut, so... I'm cool, you know, regular yeah. headphones, but yeah, yeah, yeah. when I had, like, some hair, I didn't want to mess up yeah. my hair, so, yeah. Now, you, you get stylish. That's, like, like what I noticed is, like, you get stylish. Like, it's, a, like, you, I'm about to perform. Yeah. I'm, about to, to, I'm about to put on a show. Y'all going to get y'all. When, when, <laughs> I, when I think about people that inspired me, like, like Prince or, like, a Michael Jackson or, like, a Janelle Monae, yeah. they, they, they had costumes. Yeah, definitely. Um... Playing, um, you said that you're uh, going to get back into drumming. Yeah. I seen you playing with a drummer. Yeah. Uh, I seen you playing with a saxophonist. Mm -hmm. How, like, how is that combination, like, where, I guess I'm saying, because you don't want to overpower somebody playing live right. as a DJ, but at the end of the day, like, you providing the music and they're yeah. playing along. So how's that dynamic for you and uh, what do you enjoy about it? Um, so I am a drummer now. Let me just go. <laughs> I am a drummer now. Um, I'm a percussionist to be exact. Talking. I have, um, an electric 
the drum kit that I use, and then I have a djembe that I use, the traditional African drum. So for me in my live shows, I I, I do add live drums to my, my sets. But as far as like playing with a saxophonist, I would say um, it's always great to have like a set in mind when it comes to playing with the saxophonist so you guys can be on the same page, Yeah, you know, uh, but it's, it's fun. I think it's just an extra element to the show and people get a kick out of it. People get a kick out of it. And I love playing the drums now in my set, especially with house music. I think it just takes the, takes the vibe to a whole nother level. Ah, because the video I seen, um, y'all was killing the Mary yeah. just fine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Killing! I was like, yo, that, this... that was a great clip right there. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is fire. Y'all were going crazy with that. So, um, I gotta make sure I get out to see you. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to see you in your element, and you know what I'm saying. Dude, come to Vaso. I've got some dates up there. You know, I'm there a couple times a month. Okay, cool. Um, few more questions. Um, how do you feel about Afrobeats? Afrobeats have been popping. Cause I feel like Raina put me onto a lot of Afrobeats. Of course, I I was familiar, but she's like, nah, this is the one. Yeah. This is the joint. Like this is the joint. I do you. When did you fall in love with Afrobeats, or you know? Because I, I feel like I'm I'm late, like super late. <laughs> Well, I, I fell in love with Afrobeats in 2017. Okay. Yeah. Um, right before I went to Qatar, I had did a, a private party here, and I got put on the Wiz Kid. And then when I got to Doha, everybody was like, yo, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. And I didn't have it. So uh... I, I downloaded like immediately. And, you know, you just had a lot of people from South Africa and Nigeria and Ghana and stuff and, and Sudan and I had to get on the Afro beat wave quick in 2017, you know, or I would have been looking bad out there. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, I think the Afro beat wave has been around for a while. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, it's, it's, I, it's, I hope it doesn't get to a point where it's like super commercial and like it loses the soul. Like, please keep it authentic, y'all. Yeah, you know, like they try to whitewash reggae. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> got Justin, Justin Bieber doing reggae records. I'm like, oh man, like yeah. I like the record, but still, it's, like, it, and it's and it's great for them. It is great for you know people in those countries, you know, the motherland to branch out and do like global collaborations. But keep it, keep it, keep it authentic. Keep the soul in it. Don't let the you know people certain type of people you know change it change it up and make it thirst gotta gotta keep the soul and everything mm -hmm. you do exactly um i've seen this on your instagram post and i wanted to ask you about this it said uh five lessons you can learn from music yeah um where there's culture there's a connection opportunity dances with those on the dance floor the most valuable teacher is experience learn and adjust quickly and attitude determines everything. Why is that your core value with music? From experience. From experience, you know, I've, I don't want to say I've failed a lot, but I've messed up a lot. I've messed up a lot in my journey. And I had to, sometimes I didn't learn as quick as I needed to. Sometimes I wallowed in the spirit of failure, you know. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, luckily I've been able to grow from that. And, you know, I just, I try to learn from every experience. And I think it's just important to every opportunity that you get, learn from it. Whether it's a good one or a bad one, learn from it. Experience is the best teacher. Absolutely. <laughs> and it seems like, you know, enjoying this conversation, your, your experience since 2012 has been amazing. Okay. Um, you know, you don't been obviously around the world um last question is going to be what is the most rewarding thing from dj for you 
from DJing, I met my husband. So that was... Shout out to that. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my husband. Shout out to your husband. (laughs) Yeah, I want music to introduce me to my wife. That's fire. Um, But besides that, you know, it's... It's it's an opportunity to to show people that you can do what you love for a living. You can you can genuinely find something that you love and you can do it for a living. And you know, I believe we're here on earth to be of service to others and you know, we can be of service in different ways. So, you know, I think it's just a blessing that I was able to tap in with my purpose and be able to use music to to, to serve others. Man. That's you're so dope. Right back at you, man. <laughs> I super appreciate you. I'm about to be like a creep and record you, but this is just for like behind the scenes stuff a little bit later. But no, man, I just want to thank you for coming out. Um, thank you for doing Needle to the Groove. Shout out to Raina again for beating it in my head. Everything like she said about you is like true, and I love that, and I love your energy, man. Um, please tell the people how they can get in contact with you and, you know, reach you and where you're going to be gigging at. You guys can always find me at Whitney Taylor Ray. It's Whitney Taylor Ray on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, my website, YouTube. Um, I'm at Vaso in Dublin, the rooftop lounge, a couple times a month. And then I do a lot of corporate and private events. You can always find me at Vaso. I always post my schedule on Instagram. So just check it out there. And uh, I'm excited Look, we're going to get up out of here. It's your boy, Trap Day. This is Needle to the Groove, man. <laughs> what else can I say, man? <laughs> Thank you for your time. We out of here. Peace. Peace. <laughs>